0: Hey podcast, in this throwback episode that was recorded live on Oklahoma City's own KTOK Talk Radio back on January 14th, 2017, Travis Watkins and CPA Kyle Johnson discussed payroll trust fund recovery taxes, celebrity tax news, and tax warrants. Now, here's Travis and Kyle.
1: Hey podcast listeners, before we get started, if the IRS is freaking you out right now and you want to do something about it, you can call me at 833 243 5455, and set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to watkinspodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that no-frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, hey, no big deal. Keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content on how you can fix your tax problem today. So if you owe the IRS, you may have noticed that they have been pretty active lately filing a bunch of liens, and this is the IRS's way of letting the world know that you have a tax problem. These liens are also pretty nasty if you're trying to sell your home or refi to a lower interest rate. It's a pretty extreme measure at the IRS, and it means they want all the money that you owe them, and they want it right now. But there are a few things you can do to get these things lifted short of paying everything that you owe right now. For example, if you owe less than $25,000, a tax professional may be able to get these lifted in about 90 days. If you owe more than $25,000, there are things like the IRS's Offer and Compromise Settlement Program that gets them off once they accept that. Now, we've helped thousands of taxpayers in an IRS mess, so we can probably help you out here, too. We can help you out in all 50 states, so if you have a tax problem, I again encourage you to call me at 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com and set up a time there to talk to one of our tax experts about getting some help today. Now, back to your podcast.
0: IRS problems are scary, but they don't have to be. Travis Watkins has been helping troubled taxpayers with customized plans to negotiate with the IRS and stop immediate threats to their livelihood so they can get a good night's sleep again since 1999. Now, here's Travis.
1: Good morning. It's your IRS weapon. This is News Radio 1000 KTOK. I'm your host, Travis Watkins. I'm a tax lawyer and I run a very unique practice. We do nothing but IRS work. In other words, fighting the IRS, making sure that taxpayers are being treated fairly and that taxpayers are informed about what their rights are with the IRS. And that's the purpose of this show too. I'm joined by Kyle Johnson, who's a CPA in Oklahoma City. Good to see you, Kyle. Good to see you, too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Well, hey, how about the uh, the, the Thunder has, has not been rolling, I guess, last night. Um, they were doing pretty good on Wednesday night. That was almost like a playoff game against the Grizzlies. Definitely. Great atmosphere, playoff atmosphere, good game, good win. Lots of physicality. Man, they were... Uh, bumping and bruising down low.
0: Absolutely. Every <laughs> time you play Memphis, you, that's definitely what you can expect.
1: And it's almost like they ran out of
0: gas a little bit last night. You I know. think so, too. And the Timberwolves, I think that the overwhelming idea is that they were going to be kind of the next thunder with their young guys, and they've been kind of disappointing over the year, but that was definitely a good win for them last night. For sure. All right, well...
1: Uh, let's talk a little bit about IRS stuff, shall we? Uh, let's see here. The uh, we we had a pretty good win here this week at at my office, and I wanted to chat with everybody about that one, and we'll do that here from time to time. Here on your IRS weapon. Um, if you also want to send in your questions, you can. We are broadcasting live here from uh, Facebook. That's from my personal Facebook page, Travis Watkins, and uh, so we can see your questions as they come up there as well. And uh, we've got a few coming in, really already here. Um, yeah, the uh, the IRS they will assess some trust fund. Uh, recovery penalties on taxpayers uh, that owe payroll tax. So if you're an employer and you have employees, when you owe payroll tax and you're an employer, in other words, you haven't withheld for your employees for some time, then the IRS will come after the individuals that uh, they say are responsible for paying those taxes. And um, it's a nasty deal. You can't get rid of them in bankruptcy. They stick around with you for a full 10 years after they've been assessed, and this, that's what happened to one of our clients. She was just trying to help out her mother-in-law, who was elderly, who was running a, a business, and she, the mother-in-law put her on the bank signature card for the company, which allowed her to pay checks for the, for the company, and... That was enough, the IRS was saying, to get her on the hook for this payroll trust fund recovery tax. And um, so she disagreed with that. She said, look, my stuff is only ministerial. I'm just trying to help mom-in-law out here. Don't hold me accountable for this stuff. The IRS says says no. They have this checklist of things, and it's supposed to be like a hierarchy of things that they can that that they're looking for here in the way of control for these responsible persons, and uh, the top. The top dog on the line there is if you have if you're on the the bank signature card for the company, which she was, and really everything else after that is just pretty much uh, icing on the cake for the IRS. They went ahead and and did this assessment. Now the IRS doesn't have forever to do this; they have three years from the April 15th following the tax period quarter in question, and. Here's the kicker with this one. They missed it by one day. They missed it by one single day and uh, went ahead and assessed that trust fund anyway, and we – Came after the IRS on this one with a procedure called doubt as to liability, offer, and compromise. And we've talked about offers and compromise on the show before. What that is, is a usually the, the run of the mill offers and compromise are where you go in and you make some type of a settlement with the IRS. And this one uh, is a little bit different from that. You come in and you say, This is a doubt as to liability. In other words, we don't owe the tax. It's a good vehicle to get in front of the IRS on a question like this, like who is a responsible person. And the IRS said initially on this thing, no, no, she's a responsible person. She's on the bank signature card. In other words, they they uh, followed the company line essentially that the IRS revenue officer who assessed this tax said in the first place. As I mentioned, you know this is the top top dog of, of what they're looking at um, when they're trying to come after somebody for payroll tax. Uh, you're on the bank signature card. And through an appeal, we we kept fighting strong on this one. And we said, you know, um, not only is she not a responsible person in this thing, but you guys missed the assessment by day. <laughs> And you know they're they 're not real happy about uh, about that issue. This thing took over two years to come to a resolution on this through the appeals process and everything else. They were um, not real fast about this one there was There was no real impetus for them to to go real fast on that one, having two pretty big problems with this having us miss the assessment by a day and the fact that she 's just got ministerial. Um, authority there to to write checks for mom-in-law. Long story short, at the very end of the day, what they did was they saw things our way on the ministerial issue. <laughs> they didn't want to take the, the 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 easy issue here, which was that you missed IRS the the assessment on this. They went ahead and went with the with the big issue, which was yeah, well, looks like she didn't have that much authority here on this one, and yeah. that's a pretty big win because. The IRS, they they want to hit somebody with this type of tax in the organization, sometimes multiple people with this. They're looking for anybody who can ultimately pay that portion of the payroll tax or, at the very least, put some pressure on somebody else in the organization – um, or maybe a family member or, or someone else to come up with the money
0: to pay that portion of the payroll tax. So big win on that one. And what I thought was very interesting about that case is that she had no ownership stake at all. No ownership, no liability stake at all. All she had was her name on that signature card, and that was enough for the IRS to put right. that debt in her name. So I thought that was very good. Yeah, no good deed goes unpunished when it comes to uh,
1: helping other people out <laughs> within an organization for payroll tax um, if you if you get involved in that in that situation and the payroll tax does not get paid uh, you're going to be on the hook for that. Hmm. Trust fund recovery penalty by the way hmm. is half the Medicare, half the FICA, one hundred percent of the federal unemployment tax or fuTA and 100% of the withholding tax. It makes up generally somewhere between 30 and 70% of what that whole thing is called payroll tax. And they're devastating. They can come after more than one person, as I mentioned on these things. They can um, assess all of it against one person. They can assess some of it against one person. They can um, assess none against one person and come after all of it from another person. Now, this story has a, has a special, extra special silver lining on it, too, because some of the tax was actually collected from daughter-in-law on this thing. And when the IRS finally came back and says, no, um, I guess we, we missed this one, then the amounts that they have collected against daughter-in-law will now be refunded to her. And you know that that makes things all all the better on this one because uh, uh, the insult to injury has has
0: finally come to an end for one thing, and she's going to get some money back too. Yeah, that's great, and it's a, that's another reason why you should always get help with these situations because that taxpayer might not have known that they missed that day exactly without you, right? And she would still be dealing with this, maybe have all of it collected from her whenever. They miss the boat, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And
1: that's a great point. I mean, these things never get better with age. Uh, as, as soon as you uh, start getting some some discussions from, like in this case, it would be an IRS revenue officer that comes out to your to your building or to your home even and starts talking to you about, hey, you owe part of this, this tax for this company and you're scratching your head. If you don't know all the ins and outs of this thing, you're scratching your head going, I just wrote a few checks for, for mom or mom-in-law on this deal, and, <laughs> and, and now they're asking me you know, how much equity I've got in my house, uh, where's, where's the money, essentially, <laughs> where am I banking, those kinds of things. So, yeah, big, big problem, and the quicker you get after it, the better, of course. Kyle, you got anything going on that uh, that we can classify here as a win with the IRS or or something interesting there?
0: Not really a win with the IRS, but I do have an interesting story that I dealt with over the holidays with one of my one of my clients that had an employee that embezzled some money from him. She was uh, the CFO of the company, and he trusted her. Um, she'd been working there for a while. He trusted her with everything, and sure. Uh, We started looking into the credit card statements, and uh, she had embezzled around $500,000. Wow. Devastating. Devastating. So definitely, as a small business owner, you have to stay on top of of your money. For sure. Definitely. So you can't trust, well, you should be able to trust your employees, but at the end of the day, you definitely need to stay on top of that stuff. Right. Be vigilant, and keep an eye on your money sure
1: and is there any recourse here uh that that this that this business owner has
0: at this point at least from an irs perspective that you know of not that i know of from the irs perspective they could uh they could give her a 1099 right but if they were to do that um since this lady was an employee and considered an employee the irs could turn around and have a trust fund issue with that. Sure. Since they 1099 her for this money and she was an employee, the IRS could determine that she was an employee and you could have paid employment tax on that. Right. So it's kind of a dangerous game to play.
1: Yeah. I had a similar deal come up with a employee theft, essentially, and, and the employer didn't want to lower the boom criminally on, on this person. And so, long story short, they classified that as a, instead of classifying it really as a loss or a theft, they just called it compensation. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot here, too. Where. People, you know, are devastated, obviously, but they don't want to necessarily hammer uh, a longtime employee who's been doing this thing. And they I think they incorrectly go ahead and and call this employee compensation, which then has this, as you mentioned, this repercussion with the IRS, because now you owe payroll tax on on this person. And, you know, that's that's the insult to injury in that in that situation payroll tax uh, that that otherwise wouldn't have have accrued there and um, and that the IRS can stick the business owner with personally on that if that portion of things don't get paid so
0: absolutely in this situation it's not the time to play nice you just call the authorities right and let them handle it right. Exactly, absolutely. and you can't classify that.
1: I guess as a can you classify that as a loss, a yeah. theft, casualty loss? Right, absolutely. On the eleven twenty, if you're um, a sub S corporation that that files in that manner. All right, calls here eight four zero one thousand. If you've got any questions about IRS resolution matters, we're going to take a short break here, and we will be back on your IRS weapon. Stay tuned. Hey podcast, quick interruption here. Have you been up at 2 a.m. worrying about your IRS problem again lately? You know, IRS problems have a way of ruining all aspects of your life. They take a toll on you financially, physically, and emotionally. You can never really forget about them as they come back every morning when you wake up. It's time to call Travis Watkins' tax resolution and accounting firm right now and start sleeping again tonight. Travis Watkins Tax will talk to the IRS for you and help you get the best deal available for your unique situation with the IRS, with programs like the Fresh Start Initiative and the IRS's offer offering compromise. Call me at 833 243 5455 And set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to WatkinsPodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that no-frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, no big deal. Just keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content that we offer on how you can fix your tax problem today. Now, if you call us in the next 30 minutes, we'll also send you our free confidential insider report How to End IRS Problems Forever. That number again is 833 243 5455 or log on to WatkinsPodcast.com. Now, back to your podcast. And welcome back to your IRS Weapon. I am your IRS weapon, Travis Watkins. I'm joined by Kyle Johnson, CPA extraordinaire here in Oklahoma City. The number for my office is 405-607-1192. Our office here in Oklahoma City is at 2837 Northwest 58th Street. That is just around the corner from KTOK, I might say, which is an ice rink
0: virtually this morning. Uh, Wouldn't you say, Kyle? Absolutely. The (laughs) parking lot is very slick. Almost fell as soon as I got out of the car.
1: Other than... uh, uh, the the parking lot at, at KTOK though it uh, it's not too bad out there really uh, not at all not not exactly the ice mageddon that that they might have been predicting but uh, hopefully you are in bed or or somewhere uh, safe where you can enjoy your IRS weapon this morning and uh, stay off those roads although I think it is supposed to be getting uh, a little bit warmer here today but. Uh, who knows? This is a little time here on Your IRS Weapon where we uh, talk about celebrity tax news. So let's uh, get that rocking right now. When
0: you're a celebrity.
1: Celebrity tax news. Here we go this week. Nine MSNBC personalities had tax liens filed against them over the course of really the last year, and um, you know this this just can't be good. If you're out there delivering the news and you've uh, you're talking and tweeting about. Uh, the woes of the tax system and and how things are going, you know, generally in America, and you're not paying your taxes as well. But, hey, you know, the IRS, they love uh, celebrity tax problems because – (laughs) <laughs> they never get uh, quite the bang for their buck as they do with people that are out in the limelight. Uh, they can show that you have uh, not paid your taxes by filing this this nasty little thing in the public forum called a tax lien. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But back to MSNBC, uh, you've probably heard of this guy before, the Reverend Al Sharpton. You know, he... <laughs> He's had, he's had some problems in the past, and uh, a couple of years ago, it came to light of, of the extent of his IRS problem. At one point, it was $4.5 million, but uh, he's been paying it down aggressively, aware of how it may affect his legacy. Uh, he's got it down now to $1.5 That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, state and federal taxes, interest and penalties— According to public records, that's the, uh, the tax lien that I was talking about. Another guy there at MSNBC is Craig Melvin. I'm not familiar with Craig Melvin, but uh, his isn't quite so bad. He had a $3,300 tax problem in South Carolina. And MSNBC also has Chris Matthews. That's the old hardball guy, you know, uh, tingles up his leg when Obama speaks guy. Um, <laughs> they have some kind of interesting tweets there, none of which are completely on point. Uh, something back from 2011. Hashtag Obama has rung the bell. The campaign's on. He's asking the American people to say they want a fair tax burden. Gutsy move. Looks like he created his own fair tax burden by uh, not paying a $4,000 lien. That's not bad. That's just That's just, uh just so go ahead and pay those. Yeah, yeah. go ahead and get uh, that yeah. that taken care of. That that was another freebie there by the uh, taxing authorities to go ahead and try to embarrass a, a, a guy who is on TV quite a bit. Joy Ann Reed also recently settled a New York tax lien for nearly $5,000. These aren't too bad. No, They're not, not nothing all. like Reverend Al. No, not Those are close. huge. $4.5 versus, you know, these little these little tax liens. But uh, nonetheless, you know, these things are devastating. Uh, Federal tax liens and state tax liens. When you owe an amount of money to the IRS or the Oklahoma Tax Commission here in our backyard, they do this nifty little thing to folks. They file something in the public record at the county records, and that little thing is called a tax lien the Oklahoma tax commission calls it a tax warrant. And what these things do, I call them passive collection measures. That that means that um, they just kind of hang out there on your property. They don't uh, necessarily mean that they're going to come out there and seize something or foreclose on that property, but it does nonetheless hang out there. It sucks down your credit. Yeah. That's something that's that's devastating to a lot of folks. It sits out there in case you want to try to sell the property, then they come back on you and you're usually your title attorney, your title examiner, when you if you get to the point of trying to close on the property, comes at you and says, hey, look, you can't sell this thing unless you either get it taken care of or you're ready to... Uh, have the IRS or the Oklahoma Tax Commission sitting there at the closing table ready to, with their hand out, waiting to get their fair share when you do this thing. And that's how a lot of folks come to my office in this process. They had no idea that there was something hanging out there on them, like a tax lien, until they tried to to sell their home. Or maybe they checked their credit and they see it in that process too. Okay. Now, like I said, doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to come out and seize the property. There's a there's a difference here with how those things work in the federal system versus the state system. The feds, they don't have the restrictions on state homestead laws that say the Oklahoma Tax Commission would. They are stuck pretty much the Oklahoma Tax Commission is with, you know, they, they don't seize a lot of homesteads anyway, and, and they don't want to mess with the state homestead exemption laws. But the, the Feds, they will come in at some point if you have enough equity in the property, or if it's a free and clear property, and try
0: to at least exert some pressure on the taxpayer to, to get their tax bill paid. Uh, That happened. One of the first cases I worked on with you, Mm -hmm. we had a person who had their home taken from the IRS. And not only did that happen, it didn't satisfy all the debt. So on top of losing his home, he still had an IRS debt. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the insult to injury part (laughs) that one. That seems to be a common theme here today, insult to injury. You you still have your tax bill hanging out there
0: even after they take the, the property. After watching your house go to auction... Right. It's sold for way less than it's worth. Right. And you still have a debt. Right.
1: Now, these things aren't fast. They don't, they don't just, you know, happen overnight. The federal tax lien hangs out there for the amount or for the length of time that the tax bill is out there, which generally speaking, without getting too complex, is a 10-year period. They have a 10-year statute of limitations. The but Uncle Tax Commission. But you also can't ignore it. Yeah, you can't ignore it, no. Um, Especially if you have any plans on selling or refinancing, that's been a hot deal. Or sleeping. Or sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping well at night, that's another issue. The Oklahoma Tax Commission, they've got a little bit longer to come after you. Their state tax warrant, they have, first of all, nine years to file it. So there's nine years there. The... State tax lien is good for uh, ten years, and then they can renew one more time for another ten years. And so if you're keeping tally of that at home, that's uh, that's a total of twenty nine years of bad luck with the state taxation authorities. And I don't know anybody on the planet that's got that kind of yeah. not that kind of leeway. Time. When nobody it wants, wants to deal to. with that. Yeah, maybe the mob. Maybe. (laughs) So, yeah. If you find out that you have a tax lien, you've pulled your credit, or you're in the way to getting, trying to sell the homestead, and this thing pops up, you've got to hurry. Especially if you are under contract on that home. Because you've got to get something taken care of with that lien. It's going to... Scare any buyer and their professionals uh, to death. So they're going to want to have see some plan there. And unless you are thinking of just going ahead and forking that money over to the IRS or the Oklahoma Tax Commission when, when it comes time to uh, close on that property then you really do have to act fast on that. Here's kind of what your options look like. You may be able to get some penalty abatement in there. You may be able to get the penalties and some interest that accrues on those penalties removed. That's not a real fast process with the IRS either. You need a tax professional to hurry in there and make that request and really push on things to to get things moving on that end. And you've got a decent shot at what's called first-time penalty abatement, especially with the
0: IRS, if you've had your nose clean for, let's say, the last three years. That's, I wanted you to expand on that a little. Is that, is that automatic? Is that you know every time or is that kind of... Yeah, that's, that's their guidelines there. If you've
1: paid, you filed on time for the last three years, that's kind of the look-back period, then, yeah, they will look at the, whatever the, the most outstanding tax year that you still owe on, those penalties – and some accrued interest. They never get rid of straight interest on these things. But the interest that has compounded on top of the penalties, that's, that's the key on first-time penalty abatement. Now, if you don't meet those criteria to a T, don't freak out. Give it a shot anyway because sometimes they'll look beyond just the strict guidelines of those three years and not just hold you straight to those things. But guess what? You greatly increase your chances of getting something like that accomplished in the amount of time that you need in order to close this thing. Because look, if you don't close this thing on time, you're now looking at problems from from your buyer. (laughs) They want to close on the property. They can sue you if you don't close uh, on time for specific performance, they call it. So get on the stick quickly and hire a local tax professional, a tax lawyer, if you will, to get these things handled. We do those things day in, day out, 607-1192, Travis Watkins, tax attorney, and we can help you with those things, you know, um, real quickly and appeal them if those things don't go through. Well, thanks for joining us here on Your IRS Weapon. We're going to be back here next week, hopefully with a little warmer weather. Yeah, that will be nice. And we'll see you then.
0: All right. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Send lawyers, guns, and money.